Hello and welcome to Birthing New Healthcare. I'm Dasha. And I'm Lian, and we're your hosts for this podcast. The healthcare system has certainly seen its fair share of chaos and challenges, but with chaos comes the potential for great change, and that's what we want to explore here on this podcast. Our aim is to both give you tips on how to empower yourself when navigating the healthcare system, with a few extra tips if you're having a baby, as well as shed light on the issues and more importantly, on the solutions. Let's talk about it. First, we would like to acknowledge and give thanks to the land on which we live and work and to the people who have cared for it. This land is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Algonquin Nation, whose presence here reaches back to time immemorial. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode one, where we talk about us, we introduce ourselves, we um, talk about the great resignation and the purpose of this podcast. Dasha and I have been friends for about two years, yes, a little bit more than two years, and you met me and my heart was already wanting to explode with a lot of things. And I think you've seen me feel like this for two years. Right. And then mm-hmm. somehow she's like, let's do this. Let's do this podcast where you get to tell the world things about healthcare and how to help people in a more general kind of wanna I wanna basically create hope. And there's there is a great resonation, which I am now a part of, um, in healthcare and um that we're gonna get into. Yes, that we're gonna get into. And I don't wanna leave um what I care about insanely like so much I don't want to leave it behind and you see that and you're just like let's do a podcast and you're coming (laughs) to save the day and make me feel not so alone oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely and for our listeners let's start with an introduction so Leanne tell me a little bit I am a retired midwife I retired three months ago I am not of the age to retire whatsoever and um, I was a midwife for 13 years. I was baby catching for 18. It's the only thing I know. It's a huge part of who I am and who I was. And, and where did you practice? What did oh, you- yeah, where I practiced uh, in Muskoka, in BC, and here in Ottawa, mostly in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then a little bit in the Arctic and a little bit around the globe. That's incredible. So you have all the international and local and domestic experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I also have some political background um, when it comes to like the, politi- the, pol- like the politics of, of health um, in a hospital setting. And, um, and my, when I don't work, I'm a bit of a yogi. And you love to dance. I love to dance and have fun and be outside and put my feet on the ground. And but midwifery is a huge part of my life. Yeah. And this is why we're here. And we're here to listen and learn and share as much as we can, right? Yeah. Thank you, Dasha, for being here. Um, Dasha, what about you? Who are you? So I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own cafe and bakery. And ever since I was a little kid, that's all I wanted to do was become a businesswoman. Although about 15 years ago, I met my professor and midwife, and she actually inspired me 
to consider midwifery as something that I could, um, you know, obtain in life. And I really, truly considered, but the stars didn't align. So here I am with my midwifery friends uh, running my businesses. And I have three amazing kids, um, all home births, really positive experience. And um, I'm just super excited to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, for the purpose of this podcast, um, I do want to talk, like, I do want to make it about recreating healthcare. Um, there are solutions out there. I don't see anyone really coming up with these solutions in Canada. I see them outside of Canada um, by people that are passionate, and I want to start the conversation here. We are um, a population that waits around for the government and the economics and corporations to come up with solutions, and so that makes us all wait and give our power to something else. And nothing is happening because we are, um, we're, we're waiting on that because we've given all our power away. And so, um, the purpose of this podcast is basically to empower and give knowledge back to the people, right? Yes. We do need to talk a little bit about the problems and why we're leaving. The reason why I left is not being discussed whatsoever okay. and what, where I have looked. So it doesn't mean I've looked everywhere, but I haven't seen that being discussed. I've seen that we talk about pay equity and that we pay, we talk about mental health issues um, and burnout um, as the reasons why people are leaving nursing, um, uh, medical doctors, and, and all the other people that are part of the healthcare systems like um, respiration therapists. And, you know, those mm -hmm. are important people too. We all need to breathe. So, and midwives, midwives are leaving left, right, and center. It's insane. In Ottawa, it's insane. So is that the great resignation that you wanted to kind of talk about? Yes. Okay, let's do so, it. <laughs> I don't really have stats about anyone else but um, nurses or doctors. But at the end of 2022, it, um, it was they were saying that about 75% of nurses were thinking about leaving the profession. Wow. And that 69% of physicians were intending to leave within the next year. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were also saying that in 2025, there'll be a 75% reduction overall. Um, and how, how does that tie into your experience with, with that? Mm -hmm. So with the 20% that have left in 2020 and 2021, there's already been a lot of chaos that we were seeing on the floor. Like sometimes half the nurses that were supposed to run a shift were not there. Things sing Things continue to work, um, but just not the way that feels good. Mm. Um, to understaffed, under exactly. not enough resources. Yeah, too much stress. One person doing too many jobs at once, right? Potentially, yeah. Potentially, that could happen mm. sometimes. Um, I'm just feeling bad for these nurses that are working so hard. Mm -hmm. um, it, so, what was your reasoning for um, you? For for the for you leaving um, the profession, what happened? Mine was moral injury. Mm -hmm. A moral injury. I was listening to James Maskwell, who named it. I'm like, that's what I have. Okay, moral what is it? Injury. What is it? What does it tell us? <laughs> moral injury is when you um, 
recommend or prescribe something and you know that it's not the most moral thing to do. Okay. And so, um, so it could be prescribing something. So this is more physician related. It could be prescribing something where you know you're, that person's going to be on it for the rest of their lives. That's a little less common for midwives. But for midwives, it could be like recommending an, an induction when you are like not really behind the reason for induction. With time, I have seen that the reasoning for inductions has like the the amount of reason like the amount of reasons for induction has significantly increased, and um, I don't feel that there's enough research to make such huge. Uh, recommendations that kind of encapsulate that many women mm -hmm. or that many pregnant people. Um, and we know that with induction, there are more interventions that come with that, um, you know, beyond just the medication that's needed for the induction, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like C-sections. And that is just one example, right? That's just of one example. Injury. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then in, I want to talk about in further episodes, in like next episodes, um, specific cases about specific drugs. Mm -hmm. um, but moral injury is that. It's feeling like what we are doing is not the best. And so... Um, and not having the right tools and not having those immediate solutions, right? When it comes to tools, I feel like there's inadequate research. I feel like the system that we rely on, so the systems like Health Canada, um are are not doing their jobs properly. Health Canada is a regulator. They're supposed to regulate the drugs that come into the country and they're supposed to either create warnings for us or like say that mm. a drug should not be on the market. They are the ones that are supposed to filter what comes in. And um, with time, I have noticed that they weren't doing a great job. Mm. I'll be more specific about it later. Um, But basically, I just want to give an example. Absolutely. Let's uh, um, that. Let's do that. Um, so I was listening to Michelle Brill Edwards, who's a pediatrician here in Ottawa. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, she is someone who was a whistleblower at Health Canada in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, in the, where she was being interviewed by podcasts, she was saying that um, the data that is looked at by Health Canada is a data that the industries that the companies that make the drugs um, are, are making. So it's the, it's the research done by, by pharma, by mm -hmm. big pharma mm -hmm. um, that is looked at. And then there's a promise by big pharma, or I don't know if it's always big, but <laughs> by those companies, by the industries, that there's a promise by the industry that they're going to continue research. However, that research usually does not happen. And then when it comes to prescribers or, to con or for consumers, when we want to look at that data um, or research, we do not have access to it. We have access to a summary of it if we ask for it, which I think is... Because it's the property of the company that's producing the drug, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But it, shouldn't it be the property of the person who takes it in and the person who um, makes the recommendation for that drug? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, super not satisfied with um, how all that works. Transparency of the it. Transparency, exactly. Mm. And then when it comes to the FDA, which is the um, the regulator in the United States, it's the same thing. And they might give 
very like just a little bit more information than they do here in Canada. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not satisfied with that. Yeah. That's huge. So that was just, that was all the components that led to, you know, the definition of moral injury for you and then contributed to you resonating from the profession even though like you said you're too young to leave you still have lots of years ahead of you right so um yeah how are you feeling now um I right I'm feeling sad I'm mm -hmm. feeling sad that I care so much about something uh, that I can't do mm -hmm. because Because it doesn't feel right. Absolutely. Um, and that's why we're here. And the purpose of this podcast series is to really um, define and carve out the important to topics that you can then share with the audience and inform them and give them the tools to make decisions, to advocate for yourself, to understand more the bigger mm -hmm. picture mm -hmm. and to connect um, people with healthcare providers as well, like midwives or doctors? Yes. So I have uh, looked into different things about how we can recreate healthcare. Mm -hmm. um, I have found solutions. They're not, the I have not created them, um, but I think that speaking about them um, will create a lot of hope and hopefully will bring people together and then um, We'll, we'll create something mm -hmm. at the end of the day what is happening is just it's just us seeing what's not working and more of it is coming to the surface and so we need to be a lot more we need to be grateful for all those things coming up to the surface mm -hmm. because we can finally do something about it um, all this burnout and pay inequity and things that weren't working they were already there before 2020 okay they were just not as there wasn't a light shine, shine like shining on it you know and so um this is a just a great opportunity for us to create a healthcare system where we actually see um chronic illness go down rather than up so right <laughs> now we're seeing um that the um our so our generations what mm. are we again <laughs> we're the millennials we're the yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the millennials are, are doing far far worse than the generation before the no gen z. z yeah yeah no way so we're doing worse um and the um the generations um, that are older than us um they're already uh, burdening the system mm. just with their problems and then with um the millennials the millennials and the other generations that will be aging it'll be even a bigger burden from what we're seeing we have um higher chron chronic illness um, That's crazy. And, and I, I think you, you wanted to mention some um, other health professionals who are sort of saying similar things out there like you. Um... Yeah. So I just so just to cut right to the chase um, where, where I'm going with this, um, who I think has a lot of the answers around this is Jane Maskell. He has a book that's short. Mm -hmm. um, it's like one dollar US um, on Amazon. And he goes through, um, it's called the community cure. And he talks about um, building community, which then builds accountability. Um, and then if we look at the number one thing that creates health in people, it's actually 
community. Really? Yeah. Oh more my God. than more than eating broccoli. Like I know that everyone focuses on diet. Um, there's so much focused on diet, but what makes you accountable to eating that way? It's the people that surround you. It's the support that you have. It's what you get to come back home to. It's the it's the your purpose at the end of the day is is what mm-hmm. will make you take care of yourself. And so um, he talks about that. So functional medicine, he talks about and how um, how healthcare providers can train, change the training a little bit and how we provide the care, create community in uh, the healthcare system, but also encourage community outside the system. Um, he also, he makes it also so that it can be affordable. It could be, because um, right now, you know, physicians especially are spending a maximum of 15 minutes per client in general. Um, And they're also paid to see someone for 15 minutes, but that also means that they need to chart and that they need to do whatever else comes up at that time, Mm -hmm. Um, which is just a reality. It doesn't mean that there's anything terrible about it. It's just, it's the reality that we have created right now Mm -hmm. and that we are working in. Um, and so that book you want, you could recommend it to, I recommend it to anyone who feels like me, who wants to see solutions. It's a great opportunity. Like it's just a great way to start the conversation, to know where we are going with this, with this podcast. Um, I think it's a book that needs to be recommended. And then I think that what healthcare can look like doesn't have to be the same everywhere we go. Mm Because right now that's what it is. It's the same everywhere we go. It can be built based on what the community needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then things can look similar if they, like with the things that really work can look similar in different places. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Chris Kresser, for the, the person who's listening, who wants to take charge of their life, um, as a human and as someone who cares a lot about her family and people come to a lot um, for solutions um, as well as just when I was a midwife, I always went to Chris Cresser and it's Cresser with a K. Um, I always went to his website as well as his book um, for all kinds of ailments. So like from kidney stones to, um, GERDs and babies. I always went to his blog or his website. And so... And it's more like natural solutions or what what kind of... Um, it's functional advice? medicine. Functional medicine. Okay. Which yeah. is? Which is... So it's going to be a lot diet-based. Okay. It's going to be a lot diet-based. Yeah. But then there'll be some movement stuff in there. Um, it just uh, basically gives you an alternative. Gives it you like gives another you, supplementary, something you can How add. can you take charge of mm-hmm. your life and your health right now? Mm-hmm. What can you do that, um, you know, the 15 minutes with your physician won't provide you with? Mm-hmm. Can you look further into it yourself? Can mm-hmm. you take authority of your own life? Mm-hmm. And why is it important to take authority of your life? Like, why is that important? Well, some people may not want to. <laughs> and... Um, but at the end of the day, who can do that for you? It's only yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Just because you have to understand the limitation of the system, the 15 minutes, everybody's burnt out. Like it's almost seems like in this time you do need to take some sort of authority over your health. Yeah. Right. And I, and it's true that not everyone can, everyone lives in a different mm-hmm. um, 
reality. Mm-hmm. You know, homeless people have things that are going on in their lives that you and I don't. And, mm-hmm. you know, eating broccoli is not the priority. Yeah, of course. So layers of privilege, layers of income, all, all those layers are yeah, definitely could be. Exactly. But if I take care of my health, it means that I can go out and take care of people mm-hmm. better. My brain can function better. My body can function better and I can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can do what calls me. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we do that, you know, a mom can can decide that she needs to take care of, of mm-hmm. her, like take authority of her life and her health mm-hmm. because she wants to take care of her kids. That's so important. It, it doesn't need to be that huge. But mm-hmm. um, can you talk about some of the ways you went to take care of yourself after you like to deal with the stress and, and to take the time to to take back authority of your health, basically, yeah. after the after resigning from the profession? Like, what are some things that you yeah. have done that were successful for you? Leaving was um, <laughs> leaving a certain leaving a certain place was really important for my health. And then um, doing these other locums afterwards um, really uh, healed me and also showed me that there was a different way of working mm-hmm. um, and a way of diff- of doing different like things differently. So me think like it just showed me that there's a different the box isn't this small. Mm. There's a there's like larger mm-hmm. ways of doing things, of seeing things. Um, what has helped me. Um, slow down. Slowing down. Yeah, like I know that people say that you need to exercise and you need to be strict with yourself and you need to be like this. Like for me, it's the opposite. I needed to slow down and take the mm. burden off of me. I don't need to go and have like just like stopping working out. Mm-hmm. So relieving your nervous system yes. from constantly being in a certain speed, like I have to do this deadline. So relieving stress in a different stressful way. Yeah. So you were trying to remove that stress. Yes. Listening to my body. When does it feel good for me mm-hmm. to move my body and how? Mm-hmm. Does it need to be as extravagant as we see, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we're told to do? Um, I really do believe that the answers for what we are eating and what mm-hmm. we are, how we're exercising and how we're sleeping and when to sleep and all of that, I really think that they're all different and that the mm-hmm. that they're all inside of us. Mm-hmm. That our body knows and our body will tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, we just live in a society where we're we're told to shut down, shut down, shut down, produce, produce, produce more, more, more. Never enough, never enough, never enough. You know, um, and it shows up in the way that we exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Absolutely. a walk, just a 15 minute walk outside might be like what your body really needs. Yeah. And, um, I've really had to work on my, yeah, regulating my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on in the world. A lot of things that we care about, a lot of things that we feel powerless about. Um, and didn't you even come up with meditation? I did. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So as we were, as Dasha and I were planning this podcast, I was looking and feeling the world and um, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't just like give tips to people about nausea and vomiting and pregnancy mm-hmm. or whatever, things like that. I need to, um, um, I need to, oh, I need to um, create uh, another tool for another people tool to use. For, to, for people to come yeah. back home to. So, you know, with the wars that are going on and everything that we've seen in the last four years, um, I just want to provide um, a loving kindness meditation for mm. people to come back 
two that would just be a few minutes long. Incredible. Um, so that will be the next episode instead of a tip. It'll be a love and kindness meditation. Amazing. And then for the next episode where we actually talk more, um, I'll be talking about moral injury and giving a few examples um, of how that shows up uh, in midwifery care. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> I can't wait to um, to hear more and learn from you. And um, yeah, it's it's actually a journey of discovery for me. And, and I think what's cool about it is um, for listeners, I get to be in your position learning just like you and simply asking questions as somebody who, who knows very little, um, asking Leanne all the questions and she can talk from her experience as a midwife, former head mid midwife. And um, yeah, it's going to be a great journey. And thank you so much for coming along with us. We, I have a few disclaimers. Oh, yes, please. All right. Um, that this podcast, I will not be providing any kind of midwifery advice to anyone. Um, you are in charge of your body and your health. You are the authority of your body. Um, you know where to get the information. And it's not a podcast. Um, and I only represent myself. Um, spirituality will come up uh, because that's who I am. Things about me are going to come up. And that does not represent all of midwives. And it does not represent midwifery. I only represent myself. Um, and if I say that I am against something or for something, it doesn't mean that I am at the edges, the extremes of these things. So if I talk about reducing C-section, for example, I am not against C-sections. I am against, not, I don't want to say against, I am for, I am for the proper use of intervention and, um, and where it creates um, better outcomes um, versus where it may not. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That's where I'm going to always come back to. That's what midwifery is all about. And then I was talking to a friend last week who just kind of blurted out that sometimes other care, um, healthcare providers may not care, like physicians versus midwives kind of thing. And I just want to say that that is not what I have seen at all. And there is no in me, there is no doctors versus midwives versus nurses versus RT versus blue, blah, blah, blah. There's no, there's no, we all need one another. And actually, when we work together, we complement one another and we have so much to learn from one another. That's where I come from. Um, of course, there, there can be conflict and that's great. Um, if we listen to understand, we can come to amazing solutions. And I will, that's where I stand and that's not going to change. Amazing. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you found it valuable or believe that someone you know would appreciate it, we would be immensely grateful if you could share it with them. We would love your feedback and your questions. Not only do we want to create dialogue about new healthcare, but we also want to inspire hope in a world in search for solutions. Every challenge and all the chaos that comes to our attention serves as a reminder of our true potential. While the focus of this podcast is on healthcare systems and well-being, we hope this expands you. Much love and stay tuned.